Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. All right, we are back again with another interview. Um, those of you that don't know me, I'm Joseph Frankie, the founder of Fitbucks, and we have started reaching out to a lot of our members um, to do interviews with them, try to give everybody incentive and motivation on repaying their loans or saving if you're on an income-driven repayment plan or saving for a house or investments, whatever it may be. That's why we do these is to help give you guys some ideas, some, some encouragement, and so on and so forth. And today, we are lucky to have Alexis on. Uh, before I go too much into Alexis's background, I'll, I'll go ahead and introduce her. Hello, Alexis. Thanks for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I I don't even remember. It's been so long. Um, we met initially, I would say, what, a year to two years ago? Yeah. I think it was that. I, I want to say we met on Facebook originally. I, I'm not even sure. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um, could have been like a workshop. I can't remember what came first, the workshop or if you had built a profile and we went through everything and then it was like, hey, can you guys do a workshop? I can't remember which one was first. <laughs> um, yeah, but, it was one or the other. <laughs> but bottom line is we go way back. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> the, the cool thing about this interview uh, that's a little bit different than the other ones that we've done is in the past, everybody that we've interviewed has already been out of school for a while or they're still in school. Alexis just graduated this year. She's entering repayment. And so she's at that part of her financial journey, her PT journey, her career journey that a lot of you are right now where you just graduated this year, you're about to enter repayment and shit's like, oh crap, this stuff's getting real all of a sudden, right? So that's why I'm excited to have Alexis. She can walk through all of her stuff and and you know, I'll say it right off the bat too, Alexis, um, you know, for the very first time we talked, uh, just the questions she asked, she knows a lot about this stuff and she knows money pretty well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to having this. And really before I even start going into where you're at with PT and everything, you know, just going into to grad school, you know, what made you say, look, I wanted to go that DPT route. Uh, it's kind of funny. I have the most, um, I would say, non-typical you know, typical story. I was pre-med for my entire undergrad um, year at Utica College. Um, my junior year, I took the MCAT. I was applying to medical schools. Um, I actually applied early decision my sophomore year, and I didn't get in, which, you know, everything happens for a reason. So then junior year, I um, took the MCAT. I got a score that would have been good enough to go to medical school. And I broke down one day in one of my bio professor's offices. And I just said, like, I don't think I'm doing this for the right reasons. I just felt like I was doing it to 
you know, satisfy everyone else. I didn't feel like I would love it. I just didn't see myself in that career. And ever since then, it's, you know, I've been really thankful for that decision. Um, but after that, after I broke down in her office, um, I basically shadowed all professions. I shadowed um, NPs, I shadowed a nurse, I shadowed a PT and OT. I did not shadow a speech therapist, but I just kind of wanted to get a, a good idea of what was out there. Um, I have never gotten PT ever in my entire life. <laughs> I was the person who would avoid going anywhere because my school was small. So I didn't want to miss being, you know, in sports and being on the team. So when I got hurt, I would just pretend I wasn't and just keep going. I don't recommend that. However, <laughs> um, I chose PT because that was the career that I saw myself in the most because of one, the hours I would be able to you know, spend time with my family. I'd be able to, you know, have time on my weekends. I'd be able to be home at night. Um, and on top of that, the patient experience, because as a PT, you get to really spend time with your patients and that's what I love. So that's how I chose PT. Um, it's just not what you typically hear. Everyone's always like, Oh, I got PT in the, in the past and I just haven't. So I'm lucky that I was exposed to it because of my fiance. He was already in the, the DPT three and three route. Mm -hmm. So once he had introduced me to all of that, I was like, oh, that does sound like a pretty cool career. And then shadowing did it. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So one of the things that Alexa said that was really important on that, and we preach this a lot, is you got to do what you, you like to do. Because um, it doesn't matter what we do. I know we have a lot of different like OTs on this, MDs, PAs, whatever it is. Uh, especially in the PT world, we all talk about burnout. And one of the things that we always see is, and I, I saw this a lot early in my career in finance. Like I knew guys on Wall Street that were making half a million dollars a year and they're burning out because they hated it. And so it's like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're making no money, making a lot of money. If you're not doing like you want to do, then you're going to end up burning out on it. So, you know, that's why, like Alexis like said, she went the PT route. So you got to do what you like to do, right? Yeah. Um, so when you started applying for colleges uh, to go to, you know, what made you choose the DPT program that, that you ended up going towards? So I went to Utica College for four years. And like I said, my junior year, I decided that I wanted to do PT. Um, so my senior year, I actually was able to, I'm very, very lucky. Um, they accepted my bio background into Utica College's program. And I had to get letters from my bio professor saying that I was, you know, a good student and, um, that I met the academic requirements and surpassed milestones and whatever else. And they allowed me a seat into Utica College's program, DPT program. Um, I went to interview day just like everybody else. Uh, that was kind of like the final step for me. So staying at Utica College, I just loved UC. Um, I came from a small high school and I really enjoyed that because all the prof all the teachers back in high school knew who you were and they knew your family and they knew, you know, your younger siblings and everything about you pretty much. Um, and at Utica College, it was the same way. So all of the professors knew everything about us and it was also always an open door policy with them. So I really couldn't see myself leaving UC. Um, not only that, but that, there was a lot of opportunities there because of being a bio student, I was able to have a graduate assistant position all throughout DPT school. So that was super awesome as far as saving money goes. But, you know, I just, I loved being there. So I didn't see myself applying out at all. Um, I, I guess that's all, really. It's just because I loved UC, <laughs> really. What, uh, what sport did you play? I was going to ask you that too. 
sport? Nothing. Not no, any... no. What's what sport? Oh. Sorry. What'd you say? What sport did you play? At UC? Mm-hmm. I didn't play anything. I oh, in high school then. Oh, in high school, I played volleyball, basketball, and softball. Um, gotcha. At, yeah. At UC, I was going to play volleyball, and then I was going to play basketball, but I regretfully you know looking back now I didn't think I had the time with bio because I had to maintain such a high GPA for med school so I was like what can I choose you know med school having good grades and sports and I semi regret that decision I wish I played <laughs> I, w- I went the opposite way <laughs> everybody's like what did you do in school I'm like I played sports and I was a director of baseball operations for our team and every once in a while I went to class um oh, no <laughs> So, no, I know what that decision's like. Yeah, no, it's funny, actually, when you're talking about, you know, never gone to PT, um, about that mentality of, mm-hmm. you know, it's just don't ever go because if you go, some, they're just going to tell you you're hurt. Um, <laughs> yeah. the same thing. And that's probably why I've had like nine surgeries now. <laughs> <laughs> it comes back and haunts you down the road, but For sure. good stuff, good stuff. So one of the funny things is, like you said, you wanted to stay local, the, the small area. Um, I know when we first talked, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you had talked about going in and travel. And originally, I believe it was, if I was, if I'm right, Washington and either California or Texas that you're looking at going towards. We, is, that, yeah, is that correct? Well, we got, so Kyle and I, I recently moved to New Hampshire, so I'm a New Hampshire resident. So when we applied for our um, NPTE and our PT license, we got licenses in New Hampshire, which they're part of the PT compact. So. Mm. when we graduated we were looking for any job in the compact states um we did get a travel job it is not in a compact state it was in alaska so that's where we are right now um but that was all kind of a fairy tale story because we wanted to go to alaska and everyone said that we really couldn't as a new grad and we were like okay whatever so we didn't tell our recruiters anything about alaska and then this outpatient pt job came up and we got really really lucky so that's where we are right now Um, but yeah, we were just kind of looking, I guess, to get a job, to be completely honest. We, we opened our search up to all the compact states. We were a little exclusive. We wanted to be in home health or outpatient PT, just because that's what we have experience with. And I have a little bit of pediatrics too. So we were a little, um, picky with that. But other than that, we just really wanted a job. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's funny because it's like, you know, you go all the way from the East Coast and it's like all the way to yeah. Alaska and I wanted you actually to talk a little bit about that about getting that job in Alaska because I actually yeah. have a lot of people that ask us all the time um about getting jobs in Alaska because for different reasons and a lot of times I've heard like it's hard or I'm told not to or whatever it may be and right now I mean out of everybody on our on Bitbucks I think we have like maybe five people in Alaska and that's it um and so you know share your story like how that came about like getting into alaska how is alaska you know all that type of stuff so we are in ketchikan alaska so it's the most southeast part of alaska it's a rainforest so the weather is kind of like seattle um it rains here a lot uh we don't have the typical snow at all. Uh, winter is, I guess, it, I guess it'll snow. We haven't been here all winter yet, but it'll snow about an inch or two and then it'll rain and it'll all go away. So it's not the typical Alaska that everyone thinks, but um, we like it. It's very, very pretty. Uh, getting here, I would say, was something we did not think about, uh, <laughs> financially especially. Um, 
we work for a great company. We work for Core Medical, and they gave you or they gave us a travel stipend because we were new grads and we didn't have money to you know fork up for that travel. And we were going from New Hampshire all the way to Ketchikan, and that was thirty six hundred miles, I think. So we we did do it the financially savvy way. We camped along the way, so we paid you know fifteen dollars a campsite each night that we stayed in. We stayed with friends in Chicago on our way here, but financially we didn't think about what the repercussions would be living here. Um, we're on an island, so everything is really expensive. Like we go to the grocery store and sometimes a box of cereal is $7. So yeah. it's pretty expensive. Um, now I guess I suppose our salary is a little bit higher than a new grad would have for take home as far as travel goes. But, um, you know, we're really happy that we have a job. We have a great, a great job. We work, we have one hour appointments with all of our patients. Um, we work 40 hours. We have the same hours. We get to spend an entire hour with our patients. So we really can't ever complain about what we have. And the clinic is great. They do everything for us. Um, we, if we put in a request for something that we might need to treat a patient, they, they don't really hesitate at all to help us out. So we're really lucky, honestly. Um, and Alaska, I mean, overall it's not it's it's good it's just so far from home yeah. <laughs> we're finding that to be really hard and the time change is hard i an east coast girl on the on the alaska time zone all my family's in bed when i get out of work so it's so hard to talk to anyone um unless i talk to them at 6 a.m so <laughs> i mean the only downfall i guess is the alaska license it was like 650 bucks to get the pt license so that's the only thing that we didn't really consider when we were saying like, yes, we'll go to Alaska, no problem. And I will say that once again, core medical, I can't say enough good things. They helped us out with our license costs and they helped us out with our first month security deposit. So we were a, we didn't have that money to fork up because we were saving for the, our, um, our emergency fund. And we didn't want to take it out of that emergency fund and then not have money just in case. Yep. And they, we're able to help us out. So we're just paying it back, you know, weekly in our salary for eight weeks and then it'll all be paid off back to them. But so, yeah, I guess the financial stuff was something that we did not consider as new grads. So if I had one thing, if you're like your third year of PT school, if you could just put aside like 20 bucks a week, honestly, just so you had something to start off with, because we did not do that. And it just felt like every purchase was going to kill us. So until we started working, we just kept feeling like that. And it was exhausting, to be honest. Yeah, everybody that I talked to, it's just, they always underestimate how much it's cost to move. And, yeah. you know, I say this, um, you know, in a lot of our workshops, that the thing that I, I didn't expect when we started Fitbox was how many new grads have credit card debt. Um, and uh, I, I'll, this is probably an outdated number, but it's like six or $7 million of debt on our platform for credit cards. Wow. And we talk a lot about it at the different workshops because, you know, you, you graduate and you have this time where you can't work, right? Yeah. And most of that's like because the MPTE or the mm -hmm. MBCOT or whatever licensing exam you have to take, you got to wait to take it, then you got to get the results. And you, yeah. Well, part of that, the reason why people do that is because, like you said, when you go to move, you don't have any money. So what do you do? You use a credit card. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, oh crap, like, well, I'll just pay it off and I get a job. But then all of a sudden your student loan payments start too. And then all of a sudden you have rent and you have all these different things. And it's like, you never can quite pay off that credit card. Right. Um, 
And so you brought up something really important that I see a lot of new grads hesitate with, and that's negotiating with an employer saying, look, like we want to do this, but I'm a new grad. I don't have any money. I can't pay for this moving expense. Will you come up with some type of idea? And most employers will work with you, mm-hmm. especially if you're going to Alaska. Um, yeah. so, and by the way, you have me at Island because Ooh. I would love to live on an Island and just <laughs> be away from like the world. It'd be fantastic. Yes. Actually, let me rephrase that. I would want to buy an Island and be there by myself. Um, but it's not well and that's the thing too and you save so much money because you are on an island too because there's nothing i I shouldn't say nothing to do there's not a ton to do because it is very limited we have 40 miles of road so we are saving money that way too yeah that's perfect (laughs) i do get out of fever though i was in hawaii for like a week and after like day two i'm like i'm bored like what do i do that is good stuff so Um, as I mentioned before, you're in a unique situation relative to everybody else that we've talked to on our interviews, just simply because you're coming out of your grace period, basically like right now. Yeah. Two days Um, ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about, you know, the loans that you have, what you guys have decided to do and yeah, go from there. So I guess the one big thing that you touched on a little bit, the credit card debt. So when I was 16, the minute that I could get a credit card, my dad got me a credit card and co-signed with me. So I've been building my credit since I was 16, which I can't thank him enough for doing because everything that I apply for right now is because of that, Um, especially all the refinancing. So he's always taught me to use my credit card like cash. So I don't typically buy something unless I could pay that credit card off tomorrow. So that's like kind of the way that I live. Um, I had to alter that plan though when the NPTE came around because the NPTE ended up costing a lot more money than I expected. So uh, right now, currently, the repayment stuff is very overwhelming. Um, It's been overwhelming. So back when we first talked, um, it was, I saw numbers and I saw the interest that my loans were accruing just daily. Like I looked at the 10 day payoff rate and I was accruing, you know, some of my loans were accruing $300 in 10 days because it was like an 8% interest loan. And, you know, I didn't know what to do. Um, I, it, it was scary because I don't know where that money is going to come from. Um, and like I said before, you know, we were working on our emergency fund. So we had that money because you had suggested it, but it was just scary. So after we talked, um, we decided, that all of those high interest loans we were going to refinance. So I'm really happy I did that. I refinanced through um, Fitbucks and I really highly suggest talking with someone there because I wouldn't have known which loans to refinance to begin with. And I did not do a consolidation on any point except for the company that I took out the loan with. But my federal loans, um, okay, so everything I owe, it's about 220,000. I, owe personally to my family about 40 of that so the other 180 was through the federal government so right now split up between my new loan with Ernest and the federal government I have 140 with Ernest and I have um, the the rest with the federal government Um, I'm looking I have I'm on an extended standard pay so the 20 they said it was 25 years Um, But I'm paying as if I'm going to pay them off in 10. 
So I have a required payment for one of my loans of it's about $900. And then my other one is about 125, but I'm paying extra on top of that so that I can pay them off early. Um, and that's all because you had said, I don't, I knew a lot about money and such. Oh my God. I didn't know anything until I talked to you. <laughs> I just, the little things, even like the fact that you have to pay interest on that 25 year forgiveness plan. Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about that. Like, Oh, I'm going to just, you know, pay the income base and it'll get forgiven in 25 years. And then you had told me how to pay tax on that. And I was like, Oh man. Yep. So yep. that's not an option for me right now, just because I just want it off my plate. And, um, Unfortunately, I will say that the credit card debt that I did accrue because of the NPTE and moving, um, I think it did affect my rate with one uh, with the other loan company. So, like I said, if you can if you can save money for your third year, even your second year of PT school, even if it's twenty five bucks a week, um, that would make a huge difference in the long run, just so you can get a better interest rate at the end. Yep. But as far as payments go, I made my first payment uh, two days, three days ago, and it's kind of, I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't like I'm spending a ton of money on clothes, and I kind of felt guilty about it. I almost felt good about paying it, which I didn't think that I would feel that way. Um, it almost feels like I'm like checking a box, and I'm like, okay, I'm almost there, even though I have, you know, <laughs> 10 years left. <laughs> um but we just, Kyle and I, my fiance, Kyle and I are both on the same, the same page. We don't spend money really. We pick very wisely of what we're going to spend money on. And we're, we're living on the same amount of money that we lived on in college. So we try to fit everything in that budget that we've had for the past six years, because we've come to the conclusion that if we never see the world as, you know, oh, I'm a PT, I'm making decent money now I could spend things if we go that route and we have that it's harder to 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 come back and say like okay we got to stop spending money so we're just starting off and just trying to live within that same budget that we've had for the last four years and that's what we've been doing um obviously the travel expenses were things that you know we can't control but other than that everything that we can control we do I mean we don't go we just don't do all the going out. We try not to eat out a lot, um, especially here, like I said, because we don't have a lot of options. So it, it does limit us and that's fine. We go hiking. That's free. Yeah. <laughs> all you have to pay for is gas to get to the trailhead. Yeah. So it's, it's been pretty good. Um, we still look at each other sometimes and we're like, you know, this is going to take forever and it gets kind of disheartening. And then I watched the video with one of your interviews about the debt chain mm-hmm. and I think I might do that because it just <laughs> that satisfaction of tearing like tearing it off and having that be, be gone. So I was considering doing that too, just to kind of motivate me a little more, but yep. it's scary to be honest. And you know, a lot of my classmates and I, we, we had that seminar with you online, the video to talk about things and everyone feels the same way. It's just like we, we graduated with all this debt and we have no idea what to do with it. And if we had waited until June to talk to you, or if we had waited until August I think it would have put us in a really bad situation because after talking with you, we all already started making moves toward how can we make November not be so hard. Yep. That's what it, it would have felt. It would have been awful if we did not talk to you only because we wouldn't have planned anything. You know what yeah, I mean? I mean, as, I mean, we're seeing it right now on the phones. I mean, <laughs> right now, 
I mean, we don't have any openings on time slots for calls for two weeks because everybody's like panicking, like, yeah. oh my God, what do you do? And, and I get asked all the time from students, okay, well, when should I call you guys? When should I set up stuff? I'm like, as soon as possible. Like, yeah. you know, if you're waiting, the longer you wait, the more you start limiting your options. Right. Um, and so getting on it very early is important. Um, especially when you, you start game planning. So like Alexis, I, I know this and I'll share this with the people too, is one, like actually that interview that you talked about afterwards, just to let you know, she had the same amount of debt you have. Okay. So first and foremost, and if you guys didn't see that interview, it's with Ashley. She graduated say two or three years ago yes. uh, from the university of Utah. So, um, and she's on pace to pay off her loans in four years. Which I is, say she's killing it. Yeah. Which in my <laughs> mind is like crazy. It's like, holy cow, you're, she's doing phenomenal. Um, but you were strategic about some of your loan stuff too. Cause like you said, you went with a 20 year loan, um, and you did the extended prepay strategy. For those of you that don't know what that is, we call the fit bucks extended prepay strategy where you extend your loans out. So it drops your required payment and that frees up more money in your budget. So you can either target certain loans. Some people use it to save for retirement or maybe a down payment on a house, whatever it is, but it gives you budget, uh, budget flexibility. So explain a little bit, you know, why you, you decided to go with that longer term strategically, what it meant to you, just mentally what it meant to you, and then go from there. So we chose that plan, both of us, because we would have a lower uh, total payment that we needed to pay. So mm-hmm. right now we're in a situation where we have enough money to pay the payment. We might not be able to make, you know, double that payment or a ton more than that payment. So as long as we can make the required payments, we're good. If I didn't do that, my required payment would have been, I know for the federal government, it would have been at least $500 more. And I didn't check what it would have been for earnest, um, but it just dropped our payment lower. So we could actually take that extra money that we were going to pay anyway and put it toward the loans that have the higher interests or the loans that are not even that, exp- that, that high in uh, cost. So I have a loan that's like, a, I don't know, $1,200 for through the federal government. And it's like a 7% interest loan. So this month, I'm just going to toss $1,200 at that loan, pay it off. And then my required payment will drop down. Yeah. I think it was, what was it? 600 and something dollars a month mm. that would have dropped. So I'm, we're redirecting our extra money toward the loans that are, have the high interest rate that are, that don't have a lot of money in them just so that we can pay them off quicker. Uh, if we didn't do that, we would have just been paying a flat rate and they would have just dispersed the money how they saw fit. And we would rather have control of that situation and put it toward the loans that we want to pay off. And it gives us flexibility to have a savings account too. So we, we just decided, we sat down and we said, we're going to put a hundred bucks a week into a joint savings. And then I have my own. So I put $35 a week into my own little savings and it's not much, but I know it'll add up. Yep. So we have, we're trying to do something now because we put ourselves in a situation where we didn't save a lot of money. And we don't want that to happen again. So with that lower payment right now, we can do all of those things. And as we work more, because it's only been eight weeks that we've been working. So as we work more, we'll be able to put more money toward our loans. And that's what we plan to do. We want it gone, to be honest. Yeah, I can get rid of it. And that's a cool thing too. One of the things about the, that extended prepay strategy is it allows you to start chipping away at those, those individual loans. And like you said about the debt chain and all stuff, part of that is, seeing one of your loans hit that zero balance. Yeah. Um, it's like, <laughs> woo, I got one done, right? And like, because I get asked all the time, because a lot of people read Dave Ramsey stuff about attacking the low balance. You, you brought up attacking the high interest rate. 
mm-hmm. those of you that don't know, the high interest rate method will always save you more money. But Dave Ramsey's method also works where you target the lowest balance because it allows you to to that behavioral side of things of saying, look, I got one done. And statistically, the faster you get something done, the more likely you are to keep going. And and I'm actually excited because um, we haven't announced it yet, but one of the tools, I think it's going to be rolled out next week that we're rolling out, actually would allow you to compare like the high interest rate method versus the low balance method and see exactly how much like the high interest rate method saves you. So if, if it's not that much, it's like, well, I could go attack this lower balance loan first and you can go vice versa and switch it back and forth. Yeah. Um, so just, again, more strategy uh, preparing for this stuff and giving you flexibility. Plus with Alexa, you're a traveler. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the big things that, that we talk about in our workshops too is if you are traveling, having that lower monthly payment is awesome because you never know about the cost of living yeah. in different areas. You never know how long it's going to be between contracts. I mean, imagine if, if you would have gone somewhere um like the midwest where the, the cost of living is really low and you base everything on that mm-hmm. and you have this huge monthly payment because let's just say you guys decide to refinance into like a 10-year loan and then yeah. you decided to move to alaska and you realize the cost of living on this island's like whoo you're like oh yeah and that's when we get the phone calls of i think i messed up i need, I can't do the 10-year loan what do i do and it's yeah. like you know you're really hamstring yourself so right that's the key thing um one of the things you, you brought up, because this is something that we see consistently uh, with people that are doing whatever they're doing in their plan, they always have someone there with them to mm-hmm. hold them accountable. And you brought up your fiance, you know, talk about how that is instrumental in just both of you guys, like incentivizing yourself, keeping you guys on pace. Just talk a little bit about that. So it's easier to save money when the other person also has debt that he wants to pay off. So we've found that both of us are on the same page where, yes, we don't want to have a life where we don't do anything. So we both are on that type of like, we're going to choose our experiences wisely and do them while we can. Um, But we also both are on the same page where we're not going to recklessly spend money. So it would be very hard if I was on this, you know, I'm not going to spend a ton of money train and he was, you know, recklessly spending money it would be very hard to do that just because, you know, we do split, we split expenses. So if he was going, if we're going to dinner, we always split the expense. It's not one of those things. I mean, we're not married yet, but we we treat it like that. It's like, it is what it is. Um, And that's another thing too, that you'll probably get into too, is like marriage and like planning and all that stuff. But um, it's just easier. It makes it easier to say like, Hey, you know, we can't afford that. And that's it. That's it. And we don't have, like we're ha- we have the same career, same salary. So we know what each other makes. We are very open and honest about what we, what we buy recreationally. Like if I have an expense and he has an expense, I, we both know about it. Um, and like I said, we, we're starting a joint savings. Like we're, we're making that happen now because we want to plan. So if I didn't have that push, then it would be easier to fall toward, you know, well, whatever, let's just do it anyway. Um, so it's nice to have him on the same page. And I think it was Ashley, right? Mm-hmm. that's what Ashley was talking about too. And that's, I totally related to that when she talked about it. I was like, you know, that's, that makes it so much easier. And she's so right yep. because you just have that support and it doesn't feel like you're, you know, making it harder on that person, more or less like you're pushing each other instead yeah. of holding them back. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to some degree, that's what we, with these, with these interviews, I mean, we're launching podcasts, the group, that's what we're trying to do. But at the same time, I mean, that's a social media you know, podcast type of thing, it, it, then that's one level. But when you have somebody that you personally know 
mm-hmm. that is pushing you to do it too, it makes it that much easier. And, you know, they always talk about you are who you hang out with. I mean, I use that saying all the time, right? Like, yeah. you know, if you're sitting there telling me that, and we joke around, we thought about adding this into the Fitbox profiles of asking questions like, do your friends spend a lot of money or not? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if they're all out going out to dinners every night, drinking every night, and saying, hey, let's go on these trips, guess what? You're, you're going to do the same thing. You're not going to – and it's like most of the time they're broke as all broke can be, and then 30 years later they're going to blame somebody else and be like, it's not my fault. And it's like, well, okay, great. Now you're just Mr. Negativity. Like, I don't want to be around you anymore. <laughs> so if that's the case and you know they're not going to be your friend in the future, you might as well get rid of them now. No, I'm just like <laughs> – um, but in reality, it's like – you know, you have to have those people with you that, that understand what you're trying to do. Um, I mean, and that's just in all walks of life. I mean, I talk about all the time with like fit bucks and how much I work and, and to me, it's not working. It's spilling something. I mean, I can never do this stuff if my wife wasn't on the same page and encouraging it. Right. Um, it's like a I diet. What's that? It's like a diet. Like if you're going yeah. on a diet trying to get to the gym every day, it's really hard to do it when you don't have like a partnership there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll just look at different professions. I mean, PT, OT, whatever it is, you give your patient a plan of care. A lot of them go home. They don't have that person pushing them and they don't do it Yeah. and they don't ever get better. And it's like, Oh my God. It's like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, so it's all walks of life, not just with money, but just everything you do again, that saying, um, <laughs> you yep. are who you hang out with. Right. So Fast forwarding um, to when the debt's paid off. What do you guys, do you guys already have an idea of what you want to do? Um, we don't really know what we're going to do uh, in three months or six months when we're gone. From <laughs> if, if we leave Alaska, if we extend our contract, we don't even know. But um, planning ahead, I guess we're both looking forward to being able to buy a house and finally settle down. You know, we do travel because we love travel. We do love to travel, love to see new places, but in all reality, everyone knows you make decent money doing it. When you duplicate expenses, you still end up making more in the end. So we are making more money by traveling. And I think we're both looking for, we don't know if we're going to continue only because this one has been really hard to be away from our family. And that's just to the blatant honesty that's within me that I have to say that, you know, it's hard. It's a lot harder than we thought it would be. Um, but I think, I mean, my personal goal, (laughs) my personal goal is to, to be able to have that freedom. Um, people say money doesn't buy happiness and I, I don't disagree with that. However, I think having that extra money in my pocket and not paying off those loans and not having the federal government and the other, (laughs) the other loan companies, like, you know, asking me for money each month, it's going to give me an extra month, extra money to spend elsewhere. And um, I want to be able to spend that. So I have the freedom to go visit my family, to take my family on vacations, anything like that. Like I just, I'm a big family person and that's kind of the goal. I mean, we don't really have much else that we're looking to buy. It's we're, we're so simple. And that's like a good thing about Kyle and I, like, we just don't, we don't have, you know, we don't want a million dollar house. So, you know, buying a house will be fine, but that extra stuff, we'd like to start a PT practice eventually. So who knows? I say, we don't know. It's all up in the air. And right now I think we're both just kind of looking forward to getting in the groove because right now it's still scary. Yeah. All of the loan repayment stuff is scary until you start doing it over a couple months and you're like, okay, it's not a big deal. But right now we look at the money and we're like, man. So I think getting in that groove is what we need. 
<laughs> That'll be so able the, to the, the cool part about loans when you're repaying them is you start seeing that balance drop. Mm-hmm. But what happens is because of the way the interest is charging them, a lot of people don't realize this. When you, and this is a mortgage or anything else, when you first start paying, a lot of your payments are going to just cover the interest every month. But over time, as that balance starts dropping, you actually see it start to escalate the drop where the balance kind of does this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's just boom, because your payments, a lot of your payments start being more and more principal reduction instead of interest. And that's when, you know, it gets really exciting because then you can see real big chunks coming out of your loan. And then you're like, okay, the finish line is not that far away. Um, so and the whole family thing, by the way, no, trust me, I get it. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a two and a half year old and I mean, this is the first week in two months that I'm back at home for the full week. Yay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> my <good>. wife, <laughs> what's that? That's good. That's yeah, awesome. it was, it was funny. I'm actually stoked cause I don't have to fly the rest of this year, but um, <laughs> it was funny. Quick story. We're at a, in Orlando for AOM, the AOM conference mm-hmm. uh, about two weeks ago and we took my daughter to Disneyland and then she flew back with her grandparents when we stayed at the conference and it was my wife's first time in two and a half years that she was away from our daughter. So she was all like, (laughs) and at dinner, I was just like, Oh yeah. I wonder what Samantha's doing right now. Like I, you know, I wish Samantha was there hanging out with me. And she was like, are you like this all the time (laughs) when you leave? I'm like, yes. Like, I go to dinner and I watch videos of my daughter, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but <laughs> it is what it is. So trust me, I, I, I get what you mean about being away from the family. And again, that's part of the travel stuff. Um, yeah. if you guys are thinking about contemplating travel. That's something definitely to think about as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we wrap up, um, Alexis, again, thanks for coming on. Is there any last words of advice or anything that, that you want to share with anybody? Um, if you haven't made a call yet, I would make the call, um, no matter how, where you are in P- your PT curriculum. Cause I think I first talked to you my second year mm-hmm. and you're like, we'll talk again, but thanks for calling to be, you know, it's great to get all your numbers in the, the Fitbook site and kind of have an idea of where you'll be. Um, save your money. Definitely start. I mean, I just that third year is torrential just for how much money it costs to not only start a job and move to get to that new job, but also the NPTE is just very expensive. Um, and other than that, I would just say like, I, I think it's very stressful. So I, if anyone, you know, you're feeling like alone, I don't think any of us are alone in this. It's, I think we all kind of feel the same way. It's stressful and it's money, but um, it's helpful to have, you know, the Fitbucks group to kind of talk about all this stuff because otherwise it it feels very difficult and it feels, you know, like it's never going to end. And I think that you guys personally for me and for Kyle, like you give us like that, that hope that it's not that bad. We'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, it's not going to affect your way of life that much. And in the long run, you'll end up being, you know, debt free quicker than you. I, you saved me more than $20,000 or something like that. So, you know, I think that making the call is worth it. So if you haven't made a call yet, definitely make a call. Yep. Figure that out. <laughs> you know, like Alexa said, you know, the stress part. And, and when we do workshops, like, you know, I joke around by, about this, but it's actually real. Like when we do workshops in person, especially, like I get out there in front of, you know, it could be 10 people, it could be 60, 70, 80 people. 
And especially if you're about to graduate, a lot of times we, we do them right before graduation. And a lot of times it's the first time that people see their student loan balance. And it's just like, you can see the stress in their face. So a lot of times we we start off saying in the workshops, like, you know, we've now in two years, we've helped 7,300 people. And I like, I've seen jobs that pay $70,000 and the people have almost a half a million dollars in debt. Okay. And there hasn't been one time where we sat down and internally like started thinking like, I don't know what to do. Like this person's screwed. They got no options. There's always an option. You just got to find it. And that's, that's the stressful part that Alexis was talking about is, I mean, you guys aren't financial experts. So it's like, and even financial experts that I know, they don't even know some of this stuff because they're not in the student loan area. They don't know that side of it. So you just got to figure out what that, uh, route looks like for you and what that option is and then go from there and go about your life and not stress out about it so absolutely set uh, up the automatic withdrawal and just don't even pay attention <laughs> yeah exactly exactly that's what we always say you know yeah. with with finances is when you set up your plan that's all you do yeah you put it on autopilot and then what happens is is when you have a major life event, like you're getting married or you move or you have children or you bought a house or you inherited money or whatever it is, that's when you go back and look at your plan and say, do I need to make any changes? And in between that, it's just autopilot, really. Okay. So, and it makes it easy because you don't yeah. see that money. So you don't know anything different. So it's exactly. like. <laughs> exactly. So Alexis, thank you for coming on. It's, uh, it's fun as always. Yeah. Um, and again, if you guys have any questions, you know where to reach us at fitbucks.com and we'll be talking to everybody soon. Thank you. <laughs>